Marketing Your Private Practice is a podcast where you'll learn easy to implement tips and strategies to grow your business without spending all day online. I'm your host, Kathy Koliakovo, and I teach practitioners the Thrive Marketing Method to create simple and streamlined plans by focusing on long-term strategies, not just social media. Discover ways to spend less time on your marketing, attract more clients, and build the financial freedom that comes with a thriving practice. One where you have time left in your day for the people and things that matter to you. Hey there, private practice heroes. It's Kathy Koliakovo, and today on the Marketing Your Private Practice podcast, we're going to finish what we started in episode 47, which was all about identifying the wasted time and distractions in our day and putting in place some strategies to overcome them. Today, we're going to dive into my best advice on taking that a step further and planning for a better organized and more productive workday. Now, if you're wondering how this all fits into a podcast about marketing your practice or your business, it's because when times get busy, marketing is often the first task that I see people push aside and not deal with. It's often not seen as important as client work or even business work. And even when folks are booked with clients, that's where they often make that decision that they don't need to do their marketing if they're busy. But I will tell you that even folks booked with clients want to continue with at least some minimal marketing so that you're keeping your name out there and top of mind with your community. What I often find happens when I do marketing assessments with clients is that folks are not getting to their marketing because they don't have enough time. And the reason they don't have enough time in the day is because they're actually wasting time without realizing where that time is going. So it is all preventable. Think about it. If you could add back one hour in your day or even a half an hour, then you could have time to keep up with the marketing And also make sure that you're keeping a steady flow of communication happening, that you're doing your relationship building and your lead generation. So all of this starts by what we talked about in episode 47, identifying where and how you're wasting time in your day and having those strategies to manage those distractions. And you can check that all out in episode 47, and I will link to that in the show notes below where you're listening to the podcast. Once you have this info, then you want to be sure that you're ready not only with the strategies to avoid the distractions and wasted time, but that you have a plan for the time that you do have in your day, for the time that you're going to work on and in your business every day. And this means being intentional about what you do each day and planning to be as productive as possible. So if you find yourself signing off at the end of your day and you look back at your task list for the day, and maybe you don't even have one of these to check, but you're reflecting back on your day and you feel like you got nothing done, nothing accomplished, but that you were busy all day, well, then this lesson is for you. Sometimes the reality hits home when you just keep moving tasks on the list to the next day and then the next and then the next. And all of a sudden, it's a month later, and you still have nothing done on that to-do list. And if you're like a lot of my clients, that list is filled with activities that are meant to bring you more clients, more leads, more traffic to your website. 
Growing a thriving practice means working with the clients you can help and the ones who pay you for your expertise. So if you're not able to get to that main activity that helps that happen, we need to turn things around here and get you planning to get more done and more of the right things done as well. That way you have time not only for marketing, but any of the other tasks you've been avoiding as well. And trust me, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there many times, but I've learned all sorts of strategies and steps and what I call my rules that help me overcome the land of lost time in my workday. And that's what I want to share with you today. These specific rules and steps that I follow to make sure that I keep on track with my tasks and get the work done. One of these tactics is making lists. Now, it doesn't matter if it's housework, study work, client work, volunteer work, even having friends and family over for dinner. I need a list. A list will keep me on top of all of it. But in addition to the lists, I also have these rules and plans that help me manage my time too. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have definitely fallen off the list and rule wagon. But the rules are there to help me And they're intended to help manage my time and my tasks. So that's why I wanted to share these seven most important rules with you today. Because here's the thing, and we all know this, time is the one thing we all have a limited amount of. You can't add any more time in your day, but you can use it in a more effective and productive way. You only get 24 hours every 24 hours, and then it resets. So it's important that we make the best use possible of those 24 hours. So let's dive into these top seven rules for managing your day and your time. So the first one that we're going to talk about is planning your week, okay? The entire week. What you want to do here is set a schedule and block time off for set tasks and work, even family commitments, all through the week. I have an ideal week planner that I use and I check it every quarter to be sure that the timing still fits in my life. And this ideal week is all about me planning about where I want to do the different kind of work that I do in my workday so that I'm keeping it all manageable and I'm able to fit in everything that I need to as well. The other thing is it makes sure that I'm fitting everything into my life, not just my workday. So having this ideal week can help you manage client meetings, business work, client work, life, and just being intentional about not having too many things in one day that would leave you without work time for the rest of the day or the other days of the week too. So you can actually learn a little bit more about planning your ideal week in episode 22 of the podcast. I go into a lot more detail on how you can use this kind of tool to plan out your week. And there's even an ideal week planner template that you can download and use. Now, a bonus tip here is I do always add in some unplanned time every day in my calendar so that I do have free time to make up for getting things back on track or if I might just need it for a quick break or to refresh. So planning out your week will be one of the best things that you do to help manage your day and your time. The second rule that I have here is to use a planner or a to-do list or system. Now, this can vary for everybody, but the idea is here your planner or system is going to help you keep track of all the things you want to get done every day, 
as well as being a place where you add in new things that you tell people you're going to do. So I keep this here and open when I have calls, when I do group calls with my program members in the academy or the inner circle. I keep this on hand. So if I say I'm going to get something or do something, I write it in this planner. Now, I mentioned in episode 47, and you've probably heard me talk about it before too, that I use what's called a full focus planner, which is a combo of goal setting, quarterly planning, and daily and weekly planning as well. It's something that I get from the fullfocus.co store, I think. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And it was created and developed by a fellow named Michael Hyatt. And he's got some really good tools and ways to use this. But it doesn't matter if you use this kind of planner or another one. And honestly, it may take you a while to figure out what's the best kind of planner for you to have. It took me years, I will tell you, to figure out the best way for me to stay on track. And the Full Focus Planner just does it really well for me. It works with my brain and how I like to work. You may have a planner that's going to be online. You might have a planner that's a paper one like I have. But you will need a planner, some way of keeping track of the tasks you need to do and when they're getting done. It helps you keep on point and on track with your time and the work. Now, one reason I prefer paper is that it's ready to go with the flick of a pen and an opening of the book. To me, online planners are a little more challenging. They take more time to set up. And frankly, I just never have the time for that. That's why I like the paper ones. Plus, I'm one of those people that I get a lot of good feeling inside when I check something off a list. So number two rule here is have a planner or to-do list of some sort to help you manage all the tasks that you need to get done. The third rule is to keep all of your meetings in one main calendar. Meetings lead to clients. So if you have multiple calendars and places where you store and save your meetings and they're all over the place, this is one of the top reasons people miss meetings. So if you have them all in one place and you sync that to all the devices that you use to manage your calendar, it will help you keep track better of all the meetings. You're going to plan them into your daily planner as well. But the big thing here is you're putting them all in one place and syncing them. That way, if you have your phone somewhere and you book an appointment, it connects to the main calendar, okay? Don't keep different meetings in different calendars one day, somehow, somewhere, sometime. It's going to blow up on you. I promise you, I've been there and I've done that one too. The other best advice I can give you about your main calendar is use the calendar reminder tools as you need them. So if you're the type of person that prefers a reminder that you get by email or a pop-up on your computer, then set those up so that they happen. The other thing that I like to do is I review every Sunday when I look for my weekly planning of what I'm going to do. I move the meetings that are in my online calendar into my full focus planner. I put them in every day. And then I also, when I start every day of the week, I check them and make sure nothing new has been added. And that way, as I'm looking at my planner and the tasks that I need to get done, I'm also cognizant of any meetings and appointments or classes that I'm teaching during that day. So have one main calendar for your meetings. The next item on this list here is to make sure that you are setting boundaries and sticking to them. 
Okay. One of the top reasons people waste time and end up not doing some of the tasks they need to get done in their workday is because they're wasting time on things that were not planned. Or it may not be wasted time, but it's time that gets moved to doing these other things that were not planned. Following some of the strategies I shared last week will help you reduce the distractions and wasted time, but setting boundaries will also help you do the same thing. They can help you get your work done so that you can log off each day and get out and enjoy life versus burning the candle at all hours trying to get things done. And that is how a lot of practice owners burn out is because they're just not managing their time well and they end up catching up at the end of every day. And that's what I don't want to happen for you. And remember what I said in episode 47, no is a complete sentence. You are the boss, the CEO of your practice or your business. You can set your work hours, your play hours, and you can tell everybody what they are. And I encourage you to stick to them too, so that you can get your work done. There will always be exceptions, of course, but don't let those exceptions become the norm or your boundaries are right out the window. The next item on the list here is all about email and social media. So number five here is checking your email and social media at set times of the day. Email and social media are the biggest time hogs for most business owners. Now, I was looking online and there's a company called Nexa Learning, and they shared some stats that were really shocking about emails. One that stood out to me was one that said most people check their email at least once a day, which I get that one. No problem at all. Yet 19% of people check their emails as soon as they hit the inbox. I don't know how people get any work done when you are in that inbox every minute of the day. It's impossible if you ask me. And I would back you up to remember the first item in this list, which was plan out your week. So one rule that I have is I actually have a rule of setting a time and a task of checking email and social media in my planner. I have a specific time where I do that every day during the workday. Okay. And I know this sounds challenging to some people, especially if you're in that 19% and you're checking your emails instantly, as soon as they come in your inbox and you're checking them out, I can promise you, this is one of the main reasons that you are not getting things done. If that is you, you can't get work done if that's what you're doing constantly. Okay. I do recommend that you put the task of checking email and social media in your daily planner as a specific activity. Email, I typically put in three times a day and social media once a day. And yes, you heard me, once a day to get online on social media. If you follow any of the teaching that I do on the podcast here, or if you've been a reader of my newsletters for a long time, you know that I tell you that social media is something you can do in 15 minutes a day. And the reason you can do that is because you have a lot of it planned and scheduled out so that when you go on social for that time each day, that one time a day, now some people, of course, depending on your business and how your goals are set up and what you're trying to do, it may be more, it may be different. But for most practice owners, once a day is all you need to get online connect with people, network, and engage with them. And that's all you need to do. You don't need to be there constantly. 
And sometimes people think this whole idea of blocking time just for emails and social media is a little wild, but I promise you it is not. One of those blocks of time that I truly have in my calendar, and it happens a few times in the day, is to check the email. And not only am I checking the email in that time, but I'm managing them following my dang, my inbox looks great system. This was something I developed years ago, and it's all about the four decisions you need to make and the four steps you take with every email so that you can keep your inbox clean and looking fabulous and not overwhelmed with thousands and thousands of emails. On average, I will probably have anywhere between 15 and 25 to 30 emails in my inbox because I have dealt with them following this system that I taught. And you can learn about that by reading a blog article I wrote on taming the email inbox monster and following this dang, my inbox looks great system. And I'll link to that in the show notes. It gives you four things that you have to basically do when you check your emails. And that's how it kind of like connects along with this rule of checking your email and social media at set times of the day. The thing I need you to understand from this rule is if you are constantly in your inbox and on social media, you're probably spending way too much time on those tasks and they're not necessarily leading you to where you want to go. But the other thing is they're taking time away from you getting into and doing the more important tasks versus doing that shiny object syndrome of paying attention to email and social media because it keeps you active and doing things. Sometimes the work that we should be doing isn't as fun as social media or checking our emails and seeing what's going on in the world. So I promise you, if you start putting email and social media in your planner as a task that you do certain times of the day, you will gain more time back and you'll get more work done. Number six on this list is to use a timer for your tasks. Now, I talked about this timer as well in episode 47, but I'll tell you a little bit more about how I use a timer in my workday. So I have this really cool timer. It's just a plain and simple timer, but it has these different blocks of time of 5, 15, 30, 45, 60 minutes, and then the clock. And so what I do is when I'm going to do a specific activity that I know I have an allotted amount of time for, I turn the clock on its side to 15, 45, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And that's the amount of time I give myself to do the tasks. So the ding of the timer actually keeps me from zoning out in particular on things like checking email and social media, but also writing content for marketing. And it helps me also appreciate that I blocked a set amount of time for a task. So I need to focus on that task. And I also use the timer sometimes on strategy sessions, client calls, group coaching calls as well. It helps you stay focused so that if you do get deep into things and it's going great and everything's working well, that if your time is running out for how much time you blocked for that activity, the ding of that timer will remind you it's near completion and you have to finish up. Sometimes I also find that I can compete with the clock and it's just a game I play in my mind, but I'm trying to finish whatever the task is before it dings. So sometimes that can help you be way more effective and productive as well. Whatever gets it done, use something that reminds you that you only have a set amount of time for doing these specific tasks, but most especially for the email checking and social media, because those are the two 
that will really take off and help you get lost in the land of time more than almost any other task in your business. Now, this leads us to the very last of these seven rules that I have to a better organized and more productive workday. And number seven is to pick an end time to your workday. And what's important about doing this is not only picking the time that you're going to finish your workday off, but I want you to make sure that you spend the last 10 or 15 minutes of the day as cleanup to your office. Put your files away, close your browsers, close your computer, put things back where they belong off your desk and make a note of items not done or completed from your task planner and move them to tomorrow's list. Also, it's important at this point here too to check what you did finish and give yourself a pat on the back for everything you did accomplish. It's a good time to reflect on things that didn't work if you got derailed and then make some changes for the next day to not do it again. And this is key, is really thinking about what happened. Because if you just do that assessment of your wasted time and you look at some strategies that you can do to not waste the time again, but whenever it happens, if it continues to happen over and over again, you'll get back into those bad habits. So Take time every day at the end of the workday to look at what you're doing and make sure that you're keeping on track as much as possible. And I also think it's really important, especially if you work from home, to let your family know some of these rules. We talked about ways in episode 47 to let people know that you can't just chit chat for a check-in call with a friend in the middle of the day if you're working. Well, the same applies to your end of workday especially if you have kids and family at home. You've got to let the kids know. You've got to tell your partner so they all know when you plan to be done work. This helps reduce some of the pressure that comes back from families too, especially in a work-at-home environment. Because sometimes you might be flexing your schedule to do some of these family things, but people may not necessarily understand that. And this was something that my kids really learned in elementary school when I was running my business working from home, and the kids were all in school. I flexed my day for sure. I was the mom who could go places in the middle of the day and do field trips because I was able to change my hours and do what I wanted to with my business. Not everybody can do that. And people sometimes, especially your own family, might not understand the benefit that's happening for them as well. And my youngest one time complained that I was working too much at nighttime, that I was working at night. So we sat down and discussed my hours and my workday. And I reminded him about the times I drive them to school or pick them up after school, attend their after school activities. But even knowing all of that and understanding that his mom could do that, but not everybody could, that still wasn't enough. And he was still ticked off that sometimes I worked at night. So then I said, okay, Well, maybe that means I need to find a nine to five job so you can have your mom home more at nighttime when you're not in school. So we talked about this and I laid out what me getting a job would look like. So the conversation went something like this. Well, I'll probably be getting a job working downtown because that's where most of the jobs are. So that means I'll have to leave home at 730 to get there for 830. So I'll be gone really early. You'll have to walk to school, no matter if it's raining, sunshine, or snow. And because I'll be on the other side of town and I can't get back here easily or fast, anytime you forget anything, your homework, your lunch, etc., you'll be on your own. You'll have to just do till the next day. 
Oh, and yeah, don't forget that group that you do that activity after school. Well, you're probably going to have to get a bus there to go to that because I won't be available. I'll be at work. And the team I manage for you that we do those activities after school, well, we'll have to change when we do that. We won't be able to do it right after school anymore. So we'll probably have to do that like at seven o'clock at night after I get home from work and have time to eat and have supper. Oh, and yeah, by the way, I won't be getting home till at least 5.30 or 6. So that means you'll have to walk home from school too. Well, by the time I said all of that, his jaw was on the floor. And I think it finally sunk home what my boundaries and my flex time and my schedule actually meant and how it did help and benefit him. And he had some appreciation for the flexibility and ability I had to be there at different times, which then also meant I might be working sometimes at night. And that was the last day he ever mentioned or talked about me working at night and how he didn't understand that. He really just needed to get an idea of why my hours were the way they were to understand how it helped him too. And sometimes these conversations are needed to put it all out on the table so that your people, your family, your friends understand your plans and your boundaries. So that is the last step or rule that I have for helping you be more organized and productive in your workday. Your action step from this episode is to really look back at episode 47. If you haven't listened to that one to get the strategies for avoiding wasted time and how to identify it as well, and then put these seven steps, these rules into play with yourself. Look at them and figure out which ones will help you the most and then start with one at a time and see if they're going to help you with your wasted time and your distractions and what kind of change it's going to make on how much you get done in your workday. When you follow these seven steps and put some semblance of rules like these into your own practice, your own business, it will help you stay on track with your tasks and your activities. It will help you get your work done, meet deadlines, client commitments, and it will help you meet your family commitments as well. So try them out yourself, see if they make a difference. And like most people, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I have fallen off the rule wagon a lot trying to get these in place, but I try to get back on it as fast as I can. If you're not paying attention to it and doing that end of the day check that I talked about, you will find yourself running back into those habits of wasted time a lot easier than if you're paying attention and planning for what you're going to do every day. And remember, if you do fall off the wagon here, give yourself some grace. Learn from the lesson and move on and do better the next time. This is Kathy Koliakovo signing off and saying thanks for listening in today. Have a fabulous and, of course, productive week. And remember, to thrive in practice means using systems and tools and even rules to help you be as productive as possible. I'll put a link to all the resources I mentioned in the show notes, and you can find them at marketingyourprivatepractice.com slash 48. I'll see you next time. You can find all of our show notes and resources mentioned at marketingyourprivatepractice.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at pepperitmarketing and say hi. I'd love to hear any feedback you have and make sure to rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe on your favorite player so you don't miss any future episodes.